Transmitting from the Mojave Wilderness in Joshua Tree, California. Now is the time for Desert Oracle Radio, the voice of the desert. Night has fallen on the desert. And there's something I've been puzzling over for the past couple of weeks. Derek, a listener up here in the high desert, sent three very strange photographs, which will be up on the website tonight. It's desertoracle.com. Click where it says radio. That's the blog for this program. A lot of people don't know that. I guess I never really mention it. Well, I've seen a lot of strange, dried-up, dead stuff in the desert. But these pictures are something new, to me, anyway. Let's hear Derek's original note. Found on a trail in Yucca Valley. Mojave Desert Land Trust folks told me we are out of range for javelinas and there should not be any feral pigs in the region. Joshua Tree National Park biologist says they do not know what it is but cannot look into it further because it's not within park boundaries pretty weird there are all kinds of odd sights the other day I saw a mangy young coyote cross the road and that's just a sad sight Out in the heat of the day, crossing the road and ducking behind some ugly house with nine pickup trucks parked on the scraped sand outside, just a forlorn scene. Some coyotes do recover from mange, and some don't. If there's a coyote with mange around your property, call your local wildlife rescue organization and see if you can get some mange treatment, which you put out in some food bait. And for God's sake, don't call Fish and Wildlife because... They have a murder unit, a death squad, that goes out and kills wildlife if anybody reports it. Bobcats. Eagles. Especially coyotes. But pretty much anything that moves. USDA Wildlife Services. God, what an evil organization. Wildlife Services. 
defund them, defund all the bad people who need to shoot guns at living things and call it work. That's not work, that's murder. Well, they are all getting defunded. We'll get to all of you, don't worry, coming soon. Now, sometimes people see a coyote that has lost most of its fur to mange and they think, well, that's a chupacabra. Because every now and then a photo of a mangy coyote or a mangy fox gets to the dummies over on Facebook and they just lose their minds. What's left of them anyway? The chupacabra is a mystery animal, a cryptid, as they say in various circles. It is like our own Yucca Man and Desert Sasquatch, often associated with green fireballs and other such oddities low in the sky. Now, the funny thing is that the Bigfoot researchers just get furious when people report the common combination of a cryptid, a hairy monster, or a big mystery cat, what the English call ABCs, or alien big cats, along with any kind of light show in the sky or other such oddities. Bigfoot researchers don't want to know. They will aggressively leave this part out of their Bigfoot reports because they're so dedicated to the idea of Sasquatch and Yeti being physical, biological primates that they just can't with the UFOs. But the facts are the facts. No Bigfoot or Yeti or whatever has ever been found. No DNA, no dead specimens, absolutely no evidence of a animal. People see them. Sometimes there are big weird footprints. Sometimes there are blurry and usually faked photographs and film. There are thousands of years of stories and legend and mythology about such entities that you'll find in the indigenous cultures all around the world. So there is something to it. They are real enough, real enough to scare you into a heart attack walking some lonesome trail at night. Real enough that countless people have been awoken at camp by strange beasts that do not behave like the usual bears or raccoons. Raiding the cooler for beer and bologna sandwiches. Sometimes they just circle your tent for a while and then maybe, very very slowly they might begin to work 
the zipper on your tent flap. And the stench of such things is absolutely terrible. The smell of sulfur, rotten eggs, the devil's stink. Oh, and then you know that demon life has got you and its sway. And then they just disappear. Maybe you'll find some enormous footprint. Maybe a couple of them. And then they just fade out, fade away. John Keel, the journalist who made the great UFO and monster waves of the 1950s through 1970s the focus of his work, wrote a number of good books on the subject and I find little to disagree with in his conclusions. Now what were those conclusions? That all such phenomena is related. That these things show up and manifest themselves and behave in peculiar ways. That they happen in waves or flats with strange connections that have meaning for us but little meaning outside of such odd and occasional context. You get UFO and monster flaps clustered around state lines, political boundaries that should have no meaning in nature. Happening on specific days of the week, John Keel focused on the great UFO waves of the middle and late 1960s and found that most sightings were on Wednesday. Woden's Day. What could that mean? Recently, people have fed a bunch of online UFO reports into databases, and unsurprisingly, sightings are most common on Saturday evenings when people are enjoying the weekend outside playing sports or barbecuing or camping or on road trips. The difference here is that Keel's data set was made up of high strangeness events, close encounters with odd associated phenomena like electronic interference, Psychic messages, weird coincidence and synchronicity, encounters with entities from what Hollywood calls space aliens to hairy red-eyed monsters to biblical-style angels of light. To the eternal white goddess or white lady, sometimes called La Llorona in our part of the world. The experiences are often aggressively weird, which 
every ancient culture identifies as the spirit of the trickster. Something's going on there. And the more we try to rationalize it, the crazier it becomes, the trickier it gets. Those weekend sightings are just stuff people submit to a website. They're generally misidentifications of regular stuff in our too-crowded night sky. Military flares, aircraft, meteors, crop dusters... And those lines of Starlink satellites, which I'm going to make that Elon character clean up one of these days as part of his parole. Anyway, we don't have Havelinas up here, it's true. And pig is not a word that comes to mind when I look at these pictures. It looks more like, I don't know, it looks like a Muppet that was cursed by a Bruja and came back as a living animal only to die in the desert in Yucca Valley of all places. It's got about a half dozen rounded teeth, all pointing out at weird useless angles, useless for defense or eating or just useless too far apart to do anything and some kind of like wookie fur that's all matted and caked and maybe a sort of spine sticking out I think it's a Muppet that was cursed to briefly become alive and live in 2020 as punishment But why would anybody do something like that to an innocent Muppet? You know what they say. What goes up the Muppet's back end is not the fault of the Muppet. Talking about the hand. The human hand or the devil's hand. Go look at those pictures when you get a chance. Don't go look at them right now. Don't, don't, don't mess it up. Don't mess up the experience. But when you get a chance, take a look if you feel like it. And if you can figure out what's in these pictures... Well, I'll buy you a drink at the show on July 17th. Mostly we get real nice letters and emails and comments here at Desert Oracle. We have just the right kind of audience right now. Not so big that a lot of dummies slip in, you know? But now and then, 
I got his message on Instagram the other day, and sure, I appreciate the people who follow us. And I like to look at other people's desert pictures. The weird ones, especially. So I appreciate the follows. Thanks for the follow, as I used to say on MySpace. Remember that stuff? Boy, the internet sure looked weird then. A lot more fun, too. People could do whatever they wanted. MySpace profile pages would have a hundred insane GIFs flashing and animating, and they'd load so slowly that some random thing, like Andre 3000 nodding and playing drums, a hamster dancing, a flaming skeleton riding a motorcycle... Some random thing would start moving long before anything else. There would be goth pages, hip-hop pages, anime pages, pages made by teenagers who made the mistake of enlisting and wound up in Iraq or Afghanistan. Now they're just fighting for a little bandwidth at night. There's a funny thing the Pentagon did way back then. They banned MySpace on the Middle East U.S. bases, but they allowed Facebook. That's because back then, Facebook was only for people with academic email addresses, people who went to four-year universities. The officers. The officers could be connected to the world, but not the soldiers and the marines and the airmen. It's a caste system, you know? So, Instagram is mostly nice people, but sometimes they got a bone in the middle of their brain, you know? As Borat said. Sometimes it's harmless, like when Googly Eyes 1989 or whoever sends a message that says, Can you check on my subscription? And I'm thinking, well... Googly eyes, 1989. Where would I even start? Because that's all it says. No address. No real name. What am I supposed to do with that? And a check on Googly Eyes, 1989. Or I get a message from the radio station, you know. Chuck from Landers wants you to call him. Chuck, I'm sorry, I'm not calling anybody. The radio station doesn't even know my phone number. I barely remember it myself, so rarely do I use a telephone. I leave it turned off most of the time, and... Then when I do power it on, is just a bunch of potential spam. I wonder if potential spam has some kind of issue with their Desert Oracle subscription. That's why Woden made emails, so I don't really have to wonder about that. Anyway, there's nothing like real letters... In the P.O. box, we do appreciate this stuff, and I apologize that I can't 
read them all on the air. The show would be nothing but me reading the mail, which sounds like some corporate podcast concept, but we're not here for some dumb concept from the focus group over at Stitcher or whatever. We do a radio program here, and we endeavor to make it good and keep it mixed up. This letter is shaped like a taco. Although there's some weird stuff on this taco. Maybe it's a fish taco. It says K Pasa. That's printed on the inside of the taco. Greetings from Western Maryland. I'm writing on behalf of myself and my husband, Matt. This stationery was a gift from him. Matt, I'm not going to invite you to pick out my stationery. We like listening to your podcast, a weekly high point and ritual since we discovered Desert Oracle after our first trip to Joshua Tree this past January. We're disappointed we won't be able to listen to your next campfire stories. To celebrate our one-year wedding anniversary this June. That was the pre-pandemic plan. We'll be back when the time is right, though. Joshua Tree National Park is out of this world. We appreciate the spirit of your work and how you invite a collective curiosity and mutual respect for all that arises in the desert. And it continues to the back of the taco. Keep on keeping on. Peace, Alicia. And then Matt chimes in. Thanks for being the voice of the desert, Matt. Well, thank you, Matt. Well, thank you, Alicia. I think it might be a shrimp taco. I think there's a shrimp on here. On some cabbage. Here we have a postcard, classic postcard of a motel court, uh, Moore's Motel on US 93 in Boulder City, Nevada. Yeah, I have some friends there. This is Ken, do you have anything to say about peyote or mescaline? do kind of regarding those experiences in general and I think that might be the next program some some stuff about that he says be safe out there you too I don't know if it's a he maybe it's a she I don't know they them I don't know I appreciate it though there's a duck stamp Uh, from Seattle, 
Dear Ken, wanted to say hi from Seattle, where I patiently wait for the weekly Desert Oracle radio show and its quirky voice of the desert every Friday. I take out a bottle, sometimes a glass to go with it, and I look at that dark and empty expanse of water that is not the Pacific Ocean, yet almost looks like it. Or is almost it. And I'm thinking about the Mojave Desert and how the sounds over there are so very different. Sometimes, after a few glasses, the visions bleed into memories and I can see myself driving up Old Woman Springs late at night toward Landers with the same show on the radio, dust on the dashboard. And every time, I hope I can see La Llorona, a rare animal or strange light formations in the sky. But of course, nothing happens because I've been consciously wishing for it, so I focus back on the show and its gracious irreverence. Since I am very lucky to work in an industry that did not get affected by the pandemic, I thought I would support your courageous enterprise and send you something. And she sure did. Thank you, Helene. Am I saying your name right? I don't know how to say Helene with a French accent. From Amboy to Zizix and across the Great Mojave Wilderness, this is Desert Oracle Radio, and I am your host, Ken Lane, and tonight we've been hearing this new bunch of stuff from Red, Blue, Black, Silver. You can call it a tribute to the great Ennio Morricone. who recently passed away and who made such beautiful, evocative music for movies. And we have Red, Blue, Black, Silver to fill that role on this program. The Desert Sun newspaper down in Palm Springs even, even described Red, Blue, Black, Silver that way last year. You're in for a treat if you got tickets to Friday's, next Friday's program, live on stage at Pappy and Harriet's Pioneer Town Palace with Red, Blue, Black, Silver, and Herbie Benham IV, live musical accompaniment, and we're going to take your calls from the audience. You'll see how we do it. Did it at First World. Back in October, the before time. The show is sold out, so... Unfortunately, if you show up and you don't have tickets, you won't be able to get in. But... We are going to... Broadcast it, microcast it, I guess on a little transmitter up there. So if you're in the vicinity, in the parking lot, in a vacation rental nearby, in your home nearby, driving Pioneer Town Road, you'll be able to hear it. Just kind of go through the dial. There's not much radio up there, but uh, I'll, I'll put the frequency up next week. Thanks for listening, and good night from the voice of the desert. <laughs>